We're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> We're Autism on Shift. We talk about work and autism. We're new around here, so if you have the ability to rate or review podcasts where you get them, we would love a rating. Thora's actually like 43, so she ain't that new. <laughs> no. Thanks for joining us. Today we are talking to Julian. Julian is an entrepreneur. Uh, his official title, I believe, is Managing Director, which in the U.S. could be considered a CEO, from my understanding. I think. Lovely. Hi, Julian. Hi, welcome. Hi there. Yeah, okay. Well, the CEO thing was a bit of a humor thing in my mind, because here in the U.K., a Managing Director can be anything from a, well, a CEO of a large corporation to down old Julian, who is often a one-man band. Yeah, fantastic. Very cool. So yeah. what does a day look like for you? What do you what do you do on a daily basis? Depends what you're doing that day, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah as, you, as you know, in small business, um, you're often asked to do a very, very wide range of things. And I think it's part of the autistic way, um, you know, the autistic brain that allows us to be um, often very generalist, you know, we will we will pick up on lots of different parts of the business and be able to do all of them, um, though we don't necessarily want to do them all at the time that they're necessary to do, unfortunately. So I do think one of the techniques that we should use as autistic people is to um, to have it so that we can pick and choose the tasks of the day or the week as much as we can to suit how we how our brain is working that day how we're how it's running how it's feeling you know whether it's a day that is um hypersensitive or whether it's a day that's a bit more sociable you know it i think if we have a bit more control over our environment or our, our scheduling when we're either doing our own business or whether we're working for somebody else i think that is something that is important for us I think uh, absolutely. I, I think I've said it before, but I think a, a lot of uh, people we've talked to become entrepreneurs for exactly that. They can build their day. They can feel comfortable because a lot of what it is in this, you know, being in this world is is setting up that sort of comfort level to be yeah. in, in uh, a typical world. Unless you know, some of the jobs that I have enjoyed have been the exact same thing all day, every day. Just like this right. zen process that I know uh, what yeah. to expect, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't change every single day. That's been kind of nice, too. Yeah, that that I, that can actually take you into a very good emotional place um, for a period of your life. I remember when I was a, one of the first jobs people paid me for. You know, I wasn't a managing director. I was a, a, a 16-year-old boy that had run away from home and I was working in the agricultural fields with the Romani gypsy community uh, which are a marginalized group over here in in Europe um, and I remember day after day being out in those fields just loving being able to do the repetitive thing of finding the ex the perfect strawberry and putting nice. it in and and it, yeah if you can find that in maybe computer programming or maybe graphic design or, or all of these other wonderful things that autistic people are good at you know it suits our brains sometimes to just be very focused for a long period of repetitive time and we can do that as you say for a period of days or weeks in and in a in a job as a contract yeah yeah i agree yeah. with you yeah i've been to a strawberry field it uh, smells fantastic i don't know how you can't uh, eat every single uh, strawberry yeah. on, oh, along the way insert beetles reference here <laughs> yeah I, oh yeah, quite from my country, not too far away from where I am in the Scottish borders here. Um, so, 
you described the, the as an autistic person, I suppose the first thing about a strawberry field would be the, the amount of sensations going on, the amount yeah. of smell, the amount of colour, the amount of everything. Um, and that is both our absolute beauty of the way we live, the, the lucky, fortunate thing about being autistic is the intensity of those kind of things. But it also comes back to also being one of the things that's difficult in business um, because we are sensitive to a lot of our environment and uh, how sensitive we are changes from day to day from hour to hour um, but in the normal run of the normal business environment um, it's quite difficult for people to get a control of the environment for their sensitivity um, until they get some kind of status or autonomy within the business absolutely um and i didn't when i was young i didn't see that ever happening for me you know uh if i was working in a uh, shop i was always going to be under those glaring fluorescent lights and mm. the the hi-fis i was selling were always going to be f blaring out you know zz top um <laughs> <Nice>. yeah <laughs> well, nothing against zz top but you know <laughs> i think in those days we had one cd that just went around and around because they'd just been invented i am 56 <laughs> by the way <laughs> i am 56 so i'm quite an elder of the um autistic community in some ways um yeah business and autism we have so many advantages um but unless they're recognized they're seen as disadvantages yes right it's kind of that balance it, it's well it's there's this you know what's interesting is i was listening to a video yesterday um on on youtube and she was talking about is yo samdy sam if you know who she is she was talking oh yes yes yeah. yes she was talking about even like the dsm the diagnostic statistical manual i don't know if y'all have that in the uk but in the u.s that's like how people get diagnosed um and even in the dsm it is a deficiency model of Indeed. diagnostic criteria. <clears throat> and, and so in, or, in order to be diagnosed, you have to be deficient in this social whatever. You have to be deficient in communication and deficient in all of these things. And it's like, okay, I mean, you can look at it that way, yep. but we could also turn it around and we can look at maybe a neurotypical person um, being deficient in uh, an in-depth inner world or... or um, uh, you know, being deficient in attention to detail. Like, I mean, you could look at it either way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you're saying is it's um, in one context, something that is a positive is a negative, and in another's context, it's the other way around. Yeah? Sure. It, it, sorry, here in the UK, um, when I was diagnosed, or well, sorry, when I knew that I was um, uh, identifying, um, I think that's actually the more important. Indeed step in the whole process is to have you know absorbed the information and realize that you are part of a autistic community of an autistic spectrum of people um i think when i was um when i was growing up through my 20s and 30s i i the expectation of later on in life finding that there were other people like me <laughs> um i i really had kind of come to the conclusion I was pretty unique and it was um, so to find out that there were other people like me and who could do the things that I did um, was kind of like a shock yeah um, 
I know most people say, oh, well, wonderful, there are other people like me. And I was kind of like, what? I'm sharing this space with yeah. other people? <laughs> That's like me. I'm, not, I'm the only one that's cool. I mean, different. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only different, different person. <laughs> I, I yeah, exactly. I thought this was my own personal attribute. Right. You know, <laughs> I thought I was just lucky. You know. Yeah, um, I agree. I, well, and in other contexts, frustratedly unlucky. I'm sure. not saying yes, everything absolutely. went. Yeah. You know, I, I I really do see myself as a very fortunate member of the autistic community. You know, uh, um, so many parts of my life um, have not been affected in the way that other people have expressed their stories to me. Um, so I know that I, as a male in a misogynistic patriarchy, um, white in a area of the world that is racist against anybody who isn't white, um, I'm born with some education in a country that is in the latter parts of the development of capitalism um, so the, the amount of fortunates that come into me as being without anything I did just given in my existence sure. and then I get the cherry on top I'm also autistic <laughs> <laughs> I've got the final benefit you know I don't have um, ASD you know, yep. you know, I'm not one of those poor, unfortunate 98 percent of the population who are born without any autism. <laughs> you know, the the yeah, the mass. I am lucky enough to have been born with a very strange, unusual brain to drive around in. <laughs> you know, um, it's not it. a it's not a Ford Taurus or whatever you call them in the States. It's, n it's not a Pontiac. It's a, it's a big, speedy, sports car-y thing that slips around all over the ice. You know, it, it's difficult to manage as a life because it can be so intense. But when it is working right, it's great. Yeah. You know? So I, I what does it look like when it's yeah. working right? Like, like uh, in the context of your your business life or your work life, when it's working right, what does that look like? How does that help you? When it's working right, nothing feels like work. <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. When I it definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm very much for work-life balance, and despite reeling off that rather silly list at the beginning, um, my actual involvement with each of those little connections is tiny I spend tiny amounts of time um, doing these things um, I was fortunate to have one of my businesses that I built with my partner um, and it was dependent on her skills that I was able to um, take her skill and make it into a business. We, we, we developed a clinic and involved and um, employed a lot of other practitioners in, in the clinic and built it very quickly. So I was, in, I was very fortunate when I did my first business when I was very young um, to have a rapid growth and, and then be able to start the business that became my bread and butter for the rest of my life. Um, now I, it the second one I'll talk about because it's cold pack and it was made in a very autistic way um, 
one of the things that people who are autistic in business often have is a little bit of um, inspiration or, or thinking around a problem or an unusual way of f looking at things or a different frame of reference, the creativity thing. Um, so I took a fairly standard product um, that was out there that was failing what we needed and I redesigned it And then I added something extra on top of it that people hadn't thought of, and I think that was part of my autism. I took a standard um, cryotherapy cold pack that's used um, for helping people after they've had a chiropractic adjustment or physiotherapy or sports therapy, um, and adapted it to be sold to use in, for use in the home when the current market had ones that only were designed for hospital chillers so the correct incorrect um, temperature freezing and then on top of that I added being able to print the logo of the clinic or the address of the clinic on the pack so that it it made it so that there were two products there was a promotional product at the same time and I think that was autistic thinking because every time somebody saw it they saw wow why didn't I think of that sure you know <laughs> yeah yeah, kind of um, why. <laughs> right? And the next part of the autism is that at that time, it was not possible to do the printing directly on the pack um, by any machine that costs less than $500,000 to buy, you know, half oh, wow. a million pounds. Um, but my autism had always led me to take things apart and put them back together again in different orders. Um, so I adapted a printer that was used in a completely different environment to be able to print on the outside of my um, bags and then make them in a slightly different manufacturing process that was used in other places to make it so that I could do this thing that was now unique um, with a capital investment of less than a thousand dollars. Wow. Fantastic. That's amazing. So with that said, um, you know, although we don't want to dwell on what doesn't work, I, we, you know, for the, uh, for the ability to um, relate to people, I also want to know, um, you know, when autism is, has gotten in your way. Okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. You're asking me when, when I kind of wish it was different when I when it's when it's a bit too much sure, sure. yeah um, well I suppose I have kind of reframed my whole life so that that's not so much of an issue you know sounds familiar uh, yeah <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know the word autism applied to me um, I for the you know, I, I'm quite old, I'm 56, so if you can imagine somebody born in 1965, very, very unlikely to be considered autistic unless it's the old-fashioned idea of somebody who's closed in, you know. Um, coming into the 70s in, at school, there was nobody going around looking for ADHD or autistic people. Um, I got all the way through and out into society um, and my awareness of autism came through television programs that then 
represented it again as this closed-in disorder that a very few number of children, mostly boys, had. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose I got a little bit updated during life. You know, I, 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 I came across people who were downs, and I started to enjoy conversations with them and okay I, I i suppose i did know a few people who are on the spectrum um but i didn't really think of it as autism so i'm not sure whether i had a very good sense of what autism was at all um i did naturally though to get back to your question um learn something about myself as myself um and i kind of did whatever I could to adapt my life to make um, myself feel comfortable with my own character. I didn't know sure. that my identity was autism and it was my autistic identity that was more important than my personal character. Sure. You know, I didn't sure. know that. Yeah. And I guess we um, all kind of do that in a sense. So it's kind of a funny question because, uh, but it is like, you know, it's being later in life realizing that we're autistic. You know, it's, it's that um, knowledge of then you, then you look back on where you've been and, and you think, oh, well that's why I set this up and this up, you know, these things yeah. that are in place yeah. that, that I use today, and I'm saying you as all of us, you know, the things that I use today still to this day, and I said, oh, that was a pretty good way to deal with uh, something now that I know what it was you were actually dealing right. with. Yeah. I, you know, that was a good idea. You know, it's funny, okay. is I had, um, I had just recently read, um, uh, you know, this woman was in a forum and she was, uh, you know, upset that somebody had told her, um, you know, autism, everything, not everything about you is autism. You know, your whole life is not autism. Right. Your whole personality is not autism. And she said, okay, explain to me something about you that has nothing to do with the way your brain works. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Good. That's, that's oh, what a retort. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I get that. Big room kapow. Yeah, mm. it was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, it's like saying, what about your identity isn't your consciousness? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got chills now. Yeah. <laughs> do you ask... What are the things about autism that make um, business or being in for me? And obviously I've tried to deflect that and I've tried to say, well, look, I haven't had a hard time. I've, I've adapted my life even before I knew and I've, yeah. Um, but I can give you some pivot points in my life that other people would see that that had restricted the guy. That's okay? helpful. Perfect, yeah. Um, the first thing is I, uh, when I was employed, I didn't really fit in with the group you know and um the best um job i had um was being a motorcycle courier and i even did that on a kind of self-employed contract basis yeah um now that had a lot of time completely on my own in my own thoughts on a motorcycle and also being a young man getting a lot of buzz from the risk and excitement of riding the motorways um uh, and also then the occasional very intense um, atmosphere of the the back at base with the biker guys, people who were so wide in their backgrounds that, you know, they were a, a an alien thing for me to deal with. Um, and great, you know, I got little spells with them and then lots of time on my own. So you could say that meant that I was always avoiding groups. 
So when I had my first really successful business with my partner, then the business got to a size where we no longer felt comfortable with the number of staff we had. Yeah. And I think people would see that as a um, a problem with autism because I was less comfortable dealing with an organisation with a dozen people in. You know. Sure. Um, even if I was the boss of all of those people, um, yeah. you know, um, that that's a deficit to a certain degree if you're autistic. If you structure your business where you need to be dealing with a lot of people, unless you make dealing with people your specials subject, you know. Sure. I, know I know. Obviously, the the whole thing about autism is some you can you've got a plastic brain, a, a brain that can be moulded, and you can. You can make yourself a specialist in human resources. You know, yeah. I, I knew I knew somebody who was a specialist in human resources, and thinking back, I think she probably was autistic. Um, yeah, uh, she, yeah. In her own community, she was seen as an unusual HR person um, for definite. Anyway, so another deficit. If I move on to the next business, uh, the next situation after that, I we sold that business and moved to the middle of the countryside, to the middle of nowhere. Um, so we in our twenties kind of semi-retired. Nice. Um, I, I had started the job. Uh, I'd started this second business, Cold Pack, with this unusual idea because we needed them in the original business. Um, and even though it was a unique idea. Um, and even though it was a world first, and even though there was 1,000 times the market of little old UK out there in Canada and Australia and Sweden and the EU generally, and wow, um, North America, how many osteopaths, physiotherapists and chiropractors are there in North America and how private is it and how much do they want to advertise their practices? Yeah. <laughs> well... Instead of becoming a multi-millionaire, I decided not to make the business larger. And I think a lot of people would be looking at me and saying, that was a deficit of his autism. Interesting. He actually decided not to become involved in that respect in such a large company. Seems pragmatic to me. Yeah. Yeah, but most people wouldn't see it that way. You're absolutely right. You know, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that reminds me, like we had spoken before and, and um, we had talked about a business that uh, Adam and I are um, are in the, the, the first stages of uh, speaking to an investor. And his biggest question was, how do you intend to franchise your, this business so that you can make millions of dollars? And my first thought was, I don't need your money because <laughs> that's not where yeah. I'm going. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Um, now, I don't criticize the investor because there are sure. specific kinds of investors. Of course. Um, yeah. In our country, there's a TV program called Dragon's Den where there's an investor uh, or a group of investors and they get a pitch. Okay. Shark's Tank. Uh, yeah, we call it Shark Tank. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So the sa similar kind of thing. Um, so those investors, they are um, looking for multi-million, multi, you know, giant things because they're taking a risk on chucking a hundred thousand dollars at this one um, many times. So they're looking; they have to have the big payoff. Um, but I get what you're saying. Um, 
that's not where we want to be. And it yeah. brings me on to investment in autistic businesses. Um, I think there's a market in my country, certainly, um, for an autistic business that supports other autistic businesses and is able to invest in other autistic businesses in very simple ways by buying their equity. Um, in our country you can run micro entities and you can run them very um, simply in large numbers together as a group um, efficiently. So there's a, there's a whole economy of scale that can be offered. And I think the autistic community, if they were offered a service whereby a lot of the paperwork was taken away, so they just had to think about the business, um, and a lot of the form filling, a lot of the registration on government websites for different taxes um, could be taken away. You would take away the most fun part? Oh, well, yeah, you see, yeah, you're, you're, you're the person to run that company, mate. But most, most autistic people, you know, even though we are generalists, the ones that succeed, there are a whole group of people who are autistic who would find a lot of that daunting, you know. Yeah. Just, we just, we can't, yeah, we can't just it. talk about the, the, the people like ourselves who have, you know, found a model for us. There's a lot of autistic people, I think, that um, would get... A, would feel certainly overwhelmed because it's a bit of a neurotypical world. Absolutely, um, sure. A lot of that stuff. And I, I, I think there are a lot of people we could encourage into self-employment um, and invest in them. So that's where I'm going at the moment. I've started a, uh, a project called Autism Positive or autism-positive.com um, and that's a, a little website that to, to catch a few people to, if they're interested, to contact me for investment. And I'm starting another um, business, which is called Autistic Associates. Um, and that's a company that directly invests in micro businesses that are run by autistic people in my country, certainly. Awesome. Um, with all the support that goes with that with ev I'm trying to get it to a model whereby I think of an autistic artist um, I, th I think of somebody who doesn't want to necessarily play Monopoly um, <laughs> I think of somebody who just wants to get paid for their time a real value you know that they don't have to give away their art constantly to charities just to prove that they are valuable. I want them to be able to turn around and say, I value myself, I want to charge this for my art. And I can see that a lot of people have done that, but there are a lot more people that are ready out there to do it. I use that as an example because there's hundreds of other kinds of autistic people with a special interest um, that they could be allowed to concentrate on the value of their special interest. What I'm saying is that a lot of people have their focuses in, in much more defined areas um, and if they had a framework we could we could make it something that changes our community's self-esteem. I agree. I Absolutely. agree too. I know what the burning question is that you want to ask. You're good. Um, 
Yeah, you want. Yeah, you want to hear about. I I think that you don't want me to t- carry on talking about the deficits um, because we don't really see them as deficits. I don't see it as a deficit that I decided not to work in a larger business. Right. <laughs> We're good at lots Every of Every time we are told there's a deficit, there's also a strength hidden in there. Yes. Every time we are told there's a disorder, there's another order that we have inside us. Well um, my feeling about this is that the autistic experience is always towards the extremes at either end of any character trait or anything you know the people that can systemize can systemize really well the people who can glow blue sky can go really creative the people who are really sensitive to smell or to touch or to or what's it called the synesthesia um you know i can hear things and see colors i can feel pain at sound you know all these kind of things they're all extreme but they're all lovely in their own way um focus is an autistic strength yes it's something that is so intense within us it's it's like all of us we 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 can be so extreme um that when that extremity is something like the focus of somebody um, an artist on a piece or a programmer on a project or a parent on a child looking after you know all of the things that human beings are capable of with our amazing plastic brains um, I think one of the things that often comes up in the autistic brain is the ability to focus and focus so strongly for such a long period of time that what can be achieved in those periods of time, however they wear us and take something out of us, um, is often a kind of quantum leap of work. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we we mostly do this in our younger years, and it's mostly taken advantage of during poorly paid years of internship, and we get kind yes. of worn out and thrown away often by a lot mm-hmm. of the organisations out there. Um, I've had my burnout, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know which... I don't know what you can describe as burnouts in my life or what you can describe as... I don't know. So many ups and downs, anyway. Um, but ups and downs bring forth the other thing. It's it's the stamina of the autistic sometimes. You know, it's the amount of times you've been knocked back. Um, those of us that have survived this process, rather than, you know... Help developing all kinds of other um, problems with the with the way their brains are working. Um, we we have our metal tested. We we get a stamina. We get a a strength from use, like a muscle. So we also get used to the idea of stamina things. We get used to the idea of working on something until it will eventually get right because it was difficult in the first place. So we have a, a work ethic often that other other people don't have. Yes. Um, and, it, and it seems sort of built into us of we actually feel bad if we're not um, achieving that work ethic. It actually emotionally hurts us. Um, so on the downside of that a little, I would say to autistic people, they have to learn the concept of a good enough job. Mm. Um, and when perfectionism and getting the absolute right 
answer through your focus and your stamina um, gives you the reward, then great. You know, use a bit of your candle, burn it. But if if it doesn't, then try to allow yourself to go for the good enough job, the job that everyone else thinks is marvellous. You know, sure. Uh, because perfectionism is one of our autistic strengths. You know, um, every time I set off on something, I want it to end up right. So I do high level of research. I don't want it to go wrong because of something I didn't think about. Yeah. Yes. And I don't do things until I've really let my brain have sleep on it, let my brain have creativity on it, let my brain have times of just writing down lists and frameworks and structures until I know definitely we are in the right direction. I don't see that. I, I know people might associate that with um, procrastination, but I yeah. don't see that. I see that as an autistic check and double check. Yeah. Yes. I don't I don't see it as a OCD in a deck check and double check. I see it is in if I look at it from a slightly different angle. Um all the different directions. Does it still stack up? Have yeah. I created something robust enough? It's a quality the, assurance process. I mean it's yeah, this it's yeah. this constant quality check that we do on ourselves and our work at all times. I'm sitting over that's here. A, that's a, a beautiful way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I keep thinking uh, you know, all the, the stuff you talk about, you know, how many times have I heard some of these things, you know, said as a negative, you know, like, oh, you're such a perfectionist, you know, but it wasn't, it, it was never like, you're such a perfectionist, you know, and I have to sit there yeah. and say, yeah, thanks, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're like, that's not, and I'm like, no, that's what I took it as, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, when, I was, when I was a child, I think I, I actually got called too clever by half, okay, that means like, you're, you're 50% clever, cleverer than you should be for your <laughs> For, for sensible being right ah. yeah, just too much just yeah, I yeah took like my stop no I, I'm, I moved my daughter from one school to another because um, the incoming headmaster once said the phrase to me once said the phrase to her that she was being too clever <laughs> following day I was in that office and I said that there is no time a headmistress should ever say particularly to a female student that they are too clever yeah yeah good for you that's interesting because it i'm it's it's a thing that we are often told we are too fill in the blank we are too sensitive, sensitive. or we are oh, too yeah. yeah sensitive you get sensitive all yeah. the time i don't get i get um <laughs> no you wouldn't <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Um, what am I? I'm too dramatic. Oh, I'm too dramatic. Oh gosh, yeah, that's yeah. not right. I'm too I'm not manipulative. Gonna, I'm not going. I've only known you for a short period of time. I'm not going to add in any other two. <laughs> <laughs> a smart man. Well, apparently, some of us would take offense. No, <laughs> I would not. I just. Yeah, I'm just saying for the general population, that's something you just don't do. But mm. I. I wouldn't take offense to it. I know what I'm to and what I'm not enough of. Does my <laughs> ass look I, I fat? I put it into... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you. So, <laughs> okay, well, for me, it's all too risky. Um, ah. Another strength I see... Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I think that we should see of, as a strength in that 
um, is that we think around issues. We don't just go ahead with the first thought. We we look at things from both sides. We 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 think around the problem, and we often come up with a creative solution. Um, and often, because of the way our brains work, it's often because we spend more time on it, or too much time on it, or we focus too much on it. All those other negatives that people throw yeah. at us, we My actually girl. come up. We we come up with a more elegant ending. Yeah. Um, so people are saying you're too on the basis of you're out of the normal scale of this. Um, Why thank and, you? Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. Thanks. You know, let's just say thanks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm bloody proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm so proud of that as a person, you know? Yeah. Um, I would put a curse in there if I was allowed to say, yeah, 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 I'm fucking proud of that, man. You know you are allowed to <laughs> swear. Too. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, build it up like that, let it... Anyway, so, yeah, yeah we are two. We are two, you know? Yeah. We are two... We are on the extremes, often, of every quality of human being that's just that little bit more, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we should we shouldn't allow people to say to us that that is a negative it's a positive you know see them as jealous you're too clever yeah wow thanks you know <laughs> you just wish you were too I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're too perfectionist on this let's just go well that probably means yeah let's just go because let's not spoil things by concentrating on too much all the time let's actually move on let's have a party let's give ourselves a break yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, we have to think it in different ways. Um, you know what? If there's one thing that I wish, I wish autistic people would take it that way, because oh. so many people that I talk to take it in the negative. You're to this. Oh, that means I have to shrink myself mm. in this environment, and it's this constant shrinking of themselves in in their environments. Well, you got to um, think that's that, a... that that's the deficit. Wow. Is the feeling the need to shrink ourselves? Yeah. Okay. Well, what you're saying basically is it's almost PTSD, like a. Uh-huh. Uh, so when you said shrink yourselves, in my visual thing, I had a dog that was curling up on the side of a um, a sunny street, just trying not to get hit by the next horseman that comes along. Yep. That's what I had in my brain, as you were saying, autistic people shrinking back because of the number of times they've gone out, persisted, and then got knocked back in some way. Yep. You painted a good picture. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he, got, he got the exact picture. Well, we have a range of skills and abilities, you know? Sometimes we're visually thinking, sometimes we're being able to use words, you know? And sometimes we're not able to use either. <laughs> <laughs> that happens all too often. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, I, I think I expressed it very personally to you when I had a, a one-on-one conversation that was good for me and I said sometimes I can't actually say the words that are happening in my head I know that I can't say them out loud in the same way that they are in my head um, so maybe that's part of autism as well maybe it's easier to do our word manipulation and keep it inside our head sometimes and and run with it and have the pleasure of just thinking and talking to yourself in your head 
It always you know. sounds better in my head <laughs> than when it comes out of my mouth, that's for sure. I prefer to write, then I have the time. Look, while we were off air, I was just saying to you how jealous I am, young man, of your youth and your range of abilities. And then I end up thinking that's what I need to talk about, the, the autistic range of abilities, because we, we try things. We have this curiosity that leads us to try things out and then we end up with this determination that even if we're pretty bad at them at the beginning, we, we're willing to build a range of skills in sure. different things. You know, I'm an yeah. awkward person in lots of ways with my hands, but I can take the carburetor apart in an old car and put it back together and again in the driveway when I'm 18 and I've just got a very small box of tools. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So you, you pick up anything from public speaking to metal divining or water dowsing or fire eating um you know have i done all of those yes i have done all <laughs> nice. of those yes all right. um so i that range of abilities makes you very very um adaptable to self-employment because even though it's not a good idea to try and do everything yourself, you should be able to dot around and fire step in when you have to, to adapt yourself to somebody else's role. You, you know, you're unlikely to be starting a, a gigantic business straight away, are you? you? You have to start in a place where you're adaptable to the circumstances. You need to be able to step in front of the... Um, if it was a retail shop, you need to be able to go and do some packing of boxes and sending them out as well as doing the accounts. Absolutely. You need sure. to be able to perhaps speak to the odd customer, even if it's not mm. your best idea, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I think every autistic person I have ever known has the ability to learn and do just about anything. All it takes is, is a want. It takes a, um, yeah. an interest and suddenly they can be an expert in whatever that thing is. Yeah. Not suddenly, right? It's not like, it's not okay. magic. No, 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 I, but that's in their autism. What, that's their autistic self. Yes. But our autistic self is cramped by the society in which we're in. So we can't often express our autistic self. You know, that's why autistic people are s suited to either high level import, uh, uh, employment um, as specialists in organizations or as consultants to them for periods of time mm -hmm. or as self-employed people um, they we generally struggle when we're in the the more group parts of the organizational structure now which is which is not suiting the whole of the population either you know it's it's the way we do business the way we've been working the way we've been it, it does need resitting for everybody you know everybody is stressed by the environment and the assault of um, their senses everybody yeah. is stressed about their time um, we are the, in some ways a canary in the coal mine um, but we we just have to look after ourselves a, a bit more um, and we have to make sure that we our self-esteem isn't knocked by this um, constant grit that somehow doesn't make us fit in you know yeah I th yeah i think i think being calm and being um self-protective and getting a feeling of being held getting a feeling of 
um, either doing that psychologically ourselves or by doing it for one another um, by communicating with each other um, we do need to reach out as autistic people in in business together and also in our lives together um, we're an associative type of um, brain <laughs> yeah I think I think there is something that we we need to foster amongst ourselves and I think that'll help us in our lives and in our business it's good I agree you know what if I if I may be presumptuous enough to uh, surmise what that might be uh, it might be a sense of self because here's how I have survived my entire life I know who I am I have no question about who I am so that when I enter a situation and somebody breaks me down into pieces because it happens everywhere just breaks me down shatters me into a million little pieces on the floor I can build myself back up because I know who I am mm. I put the pieces back together the way they go because I know where they go hmm. um, cool. I think yeah. I think so many of us don't have that because of the beating up of so that society does to us um, and I, I want that for everybody. I mean, not just autistic. It's, I, 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 I wish everybody knew how wonderful they were, um, but especially us, because it, it, it is sometimes that, that. Yeah, yeah. Speak for humanity. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Speak yeah. for humanity. We're we're on an autistic broadcast, but we mean it for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. You know, there's nothing more inclusive than the autistic ideal. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Um, and I, I, I think an autistic identity is building. It's building online. It's building in communities. Um, we need to foster it. And I think uh, I think a lot of it starts young. So I want to wrap wrap up the podcast with the a question that is more or less: Do you have some advice that you can give to people who are just starting out, either you know, learning about you know, that they are autistic or, you know, getting a diagnosis early on, um, do you have advice that they could use to kind of help them to what we're talking about? Are you kind of asking me to give advice to my younger self? That's that'd yeah. be perfect, I think, yes. I like your question better. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing I would have benefited from um, in as my younger self. Let me start it this way. Sure. I have noticed people taking advice from me before. And when I have noticed that they have been requesting advice from me, I suddenly say to them, don't take my advice. If there's any one piece of advice you take from me is don't take anybody's advice, and that is advice that you should take as you wish. Don't take anybody else's advice. Make your advice to yourself the only thing you follow. Um, only listen to other people's versions. Yeah? Sure. I love it. So, 
my my autistic younger self, if I had come down from an earlier generation and spoken to me, I wouldn't be listening to a fucking thing they said. (laughs) (laughs) I can remember being that person. Um, However, that person was often very vulnerable and did look for advice from older people and watched and learnt and took advice by example and by hearing and by taking it in. If I was to say anything that would have reassured him, I would have said, look, it's going to be okay. Because that's what he wanted to know. He I love it. It's, it's profound and perfect. He wanted to know that he was going to be okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Is that Dustin or I? <laughs> nope, I'm crying. That was moving. It was moving. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Um, we look forward to talking to you again. We had a great time with Julian. Thank you for being here and listening. Thanks so much. We want to have you on the show. We Come do. hang out with us. Um... Go to carveresumes.com. Click on the podcast link at the top of the page and just fill out your name and email and we'll uh, get right with you to schedule. We want to learn about what you do and how you do it. It'll be awesome. Thanks.